0: Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or so then faith comes by hearing the word of God. Well, how do you hear the word of God? How do you hear the word of God? How can you hear the word of God? Romans actually says, how can they hear without a preacher? Oh, what's a preacher? Someone that's proclaiming the word. Really, every believer is called to be a preacher. Uh, One that proclaims uh, the freedom that comes in God and the life that comes in God and uh, who God is and what he is, the gospel message. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, One translation actually says, so then faith is awakened by hearing the word of God. Now I like that translation. One of the reasons I like that translation is um, when I first started to learn the things of faith, uh, I noticed Well, maybe four or five years after that, I noticed it seemed like there'd be some people that were like uh, ever working to get faith. And they thought year after year, maybe 10 years, I'll have enough faith, right? Well, actually, you have enough faith the second second that you hear the word of God on a given subject. Uh, Really, the reason that people don't act is number one, they lack of knowledge. So they don't know that God said this. Or number two, they're unpersuaded to act, So they've heard, but they're not actually persuaded to do something. Well, faith comes by hearing, that's the first hearing. That's like, if I told you, did you hear uh, that they're gonna build, uh, did did you hear that the largest building in the whole D.C. area is right here in Tyson's Corner, right? So if you hadn't ever heard that, you just heard it for the first time. But the and hearing, there's no revelation that comes with that. Because the and hearing, literally in the Greek, there's two words for word in the Greek. One is logos, which is the written word in its entirety. It's the word that God has given. But the and hearing is the rhema of God. And the rhema of God is God speaking to you right now in this situation when you're asking him. So faith comes by hearing that from God. What does that mean? Well, initially, when you come to Christ, uh, no one can come to Christ except the Father actually gave them access, and that is through his Son. And no one can come to God except the Spirit of God himself draws you in and and, and woos you in. He's speaking to your heart. Man is not just a body, and man is not just a mind. We are a three-part being. We are a spirit. We have a soul, and we live inside of a body. Somebody called it our earth suit. Like if you're going to go to outer space, you need a space suit if you want to live. Well, if you want to live and function here in the earth, you need something called an earth suit, which is your body. That's right. God himself in Jesus Christ had to have a body of flesh so that we could actually see what God looks like as a human. What would God do? If you want to know the will of God, you look at Jesus, he came teaching, preaching, and healing. Amen. So is healing the will of God? Yeah. Well, what did Jesus do? Same thing. Healing. And Jesus actually said, I have come that you might have a, a regular kind of life just like everybody else. That's not what he said. <laughs> I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Amen. Do you know the word for life there actually means the same life that sustains God and that God is made of and the same nature that is God, that love nature, the nature of God himself. So Jesus said, I didn't just come for you to exist. I came so that you would have the life and the nature of God in abundance, overflowing too much. So we have too much access. (laughs) Well, he didn't really say too much, but I'm just saying over and abundant because really the God is the God of too much or El Shaddai, the God who is not just enough, not almost enough, not enough, but God is the God who is more than enough. So if you're sitting down for a meal with the Lord, Imagine that great meal when we all come together. It's not going to be just enough. (laughs) More than enough. I don't remember. The other day I was drinking some kind of, I think it was a water or something like that. And uh, I had one. And then I had another one. Then I had another one. And somebody offered me another one. And I thought, I cannot contain any more water. (laughs) Well, that's how he gives us his spirit when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're born again of the Spirit and by the Spirit and you receive, uh, the Holy Spirit comes to live on inside of you or Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you when you're born again. But there's an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit and it's very much like if you're thirsty, anyone who's thirsty, Jesus said, let him come unto me and drink and out of his belly will flow rivers not a little trickle or a stream. Yeah. I was messing, we have a little pond on our property, and I was messing with it last night when I was down there praying, and it's, uh, there wasn't a lot of rain apparently, so it's just kind of a little trickle. And uh, I thought, that is not how I, what I have out of my belly. Jesus said, rivers, rivers of living water will flow out of your belly Speaking this, he spoke, the Bible says, of the Spirit who was to come. You know, he actually said that um, on the day of the great feast. On that feast for years and years and years and years, they would get up on the steps of the temple at the top of the temple and they would have these uh, containers full of water and they would take that water at the, uh, what did they call that? The initiation of that feast, and they would spill all of those vessels of water at the top of those stairs so that water would just come flooding down those stairs. And that's it when it said Jesus got up and he shouted, as this water is coming down, is anybody thirsty? Is anybody hungry? Let him come unto me and drink, for out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. He's saying, you know what? There is someone coming. I'm coming to you by my spirit. And if you're hungry and if you're thirsty, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, in other words, we're not our source. <laughs> In other words, we don't have to know everything. Yes. That's why I love Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus didn't say just like have all the faith you can muster, use all the faith you can muster, and you could speak to a tree, and you could tell it, uh, uh, you know, curse it, and it'll never live again. No, no, no. That's not what he said. He didn't say whoever says to this mountain be removed in their own strength. He said have faith in God. He said, grab hold or lay hold or get a firm grip on the very faith of God himself. So he said, before he said these wonderful things that, man, will light you on fire and change your life. He said, this is not about you. He said, this was not even about me. You marvel and you think, whoa, Jesus, that thing dried up from the root. You just said something the day before and never have I seen a man like this before. In the midst of that miracle, he said, don't look at me. He said, look at the Father. He said, have faith in God. He said, you know, you might look at, don't, don't look at any man. We talked about that last week. You know, you've judged even Jesus according to the flesh, but we don't look at him this way any longer. Well, don't judge yourself that way. Because one translation actually says of Mark eleven twenty two. Lay hold of the faithfulness of God. Imagine if God was serving in our church. Well, he really is. But imagine if he was in the form of Jesus in the flesh, serving in our church. How consistent and faithful would he be? Well, so when you or I mess up, we don't do everything just perfect, which might happen once every 10 years. Once every 10 days, depending. Depending on how much you're relying on the Lord, to be honest with you. (laughs) But your flesh, you have flesh. Uh, You're subject to these passions of the flesh, right? So you're going to make a mistake. And if you you live your life to not make mistakes, uh, you're going to be very, uh, well, actually, you'll become self-righteous. And uh, Jesus was the most... uh, had the most challenges with the self-righteous people. Well, so you what? You lay hold on the faithfulness of God, the consistency of God, the fact that he's always there, he always knows, he always has the right word. Uh, God is amazing. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word that God is speaking to you. Let's look at Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews chapter four, and I'll begin in verse one. And we'll kind of focus on verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4. Let us fear, lest... (laughs) Normally you read that the angel came and said, do not fear. (laughs) Right? For I bring you glad tidings of good joy. But we're told to fear. (laughs) Let us fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. So let us fear that we don't come short of it. Remember, I talked about fear, I don't have it uh, written down just right there for this, this week, but we talked about fear, like what fear is, because like you can fear a tornado, uh, and you can fear God, and fear, like the best definition I've read of fear, is that it, it's actually a sober understanding of the power of something that you are facing. That's good. So if you understand the power of a tornado that you're facing, Well, you're not just going to say, oh, I guess it might come to my house. You're going to command that thing to stop in the name of Jesus, and you're going to find shelter. Well, so you understand the power of God himself and who he is, the power of his goodness, the power of his love, the power of his might, and you walk in fear. You know, them that fear me, uh, Psalm 91 is all about those that fear God. Somebody said, well, uh, you know, I'm going to claim that. No accident overtakes me. No evil befalls me. You know, I I, I speak that over us every trip. But I always speak it with the consciousness that I am fearing God. In other words, I'm not afraid of his power, but I'm in awe of his power. In other words, I know no matter what I face, whether uh, like it's a person or it's an evil spiritual force, whatever it is, I know that he surrounds me, God himself, and his power is greater than any power the devil could bring or anything that someone could try to do to try to, uh, you know, kill me or hurt me or destroy me or my family. All right. Uh, Let us fear, therefore, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. God doesn't want us living a life full of stress and anxiety where we are the performers. No, we are not the performers. God is the performer. We are the believers. We believe God. I love what Paul said uh, in the midst of the storm on the ship, when the ship starts to break apart. Uh, he didn't say, hunker down, boys. It's going to be rough. He said, wherefore, sirs, I believe God. It shall be even as he told me. That's a statement of faith. Why? Because faith comes from hearing God speak. And like I said a few weeks ago, don't get the miss. Uh, Understanding that that means that you're going to hear an audible voice from God, and that's the only way that faith comes. Actually, the primary way that the Lord speaks to you is through the inward witness. And uh, if you don't know, well, you're not really going to have faith. So if you are in the Word of God, you're meditating in the Word. Well, then you'll see that the Spirit of God is able to speak more to you. Why? Because the Spirit of God, Jesus said, he is actually the Spirit of truth. Well, thy word is truth. One translation said he's the Spirit of reality. God is the ultimate realist, but not the way your head thinks of realism. I'm saying like what he is doing is actually real. The things that are formed were actually formed from the unseen world. They were spoken by God as an act of his own faith in himself. And he spoke, and all of a sudden light was. And so on and so forth. So let us fear lest the promise being less of us of entering into rest, any of us seem to come short of it. Verse 2 For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. Speaking of talking to them about going into the promised land. So unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith. Now I'm reading from uh, Cambridge version of the King James Bible and so in the margin of my Bible it actually gives me what the original Greek literally says. And I love this. It says not being mixed with faith It actually says, because they were not united by faith to it. In other words, your faith unites you to God and to what God has said. So it didn't profit them. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Remember at the beginning of this series I said it's an amazing thing that you can actually read the word. Your life's vocation could be like a theologian that is studying the word of God and you can have no faith or weak faith or dead faith because faith does not come by reading the word alone or listening to the word alone. But you do have to read and hear the word But faith comes by doing that and listening to the Spirit of God witness to you, make it alive to you. You you cannot come to Christ unless the Holy Spirit draws you and convicts you of sin because you don't believe on Jesus. But the second that you respond to what he's saying, you have just acted in faith. And if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. That God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You know why it says you will be saved? Because faith is an act, and faith is believing and confessing. And until you believe and confess, it's not a reality, you're not recreated. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 actually says that God has reconciled the whole world to himself through Jesus Christ. In other words, reconcile is like an accounting term. And so Mary, maybe Mary could do this part better than me. But anyhow, so it like you, you, I think of spreadsheet. And so you're adding it all up and uh, there's not a, a penny lacking. You have to have everything perfectly right. And so God added everything up, everything that you ever did or anybody else ever did. And then he added what Jesus did. And he said, that is more than enough. El Shaddai and he said I count you all not guilty when I see you in Christ right reconcile the world to himself but how does that become a reality when you act in faith when you respond to what the word says and what the witness of the word says convict the world of sin because they believe not on me and then you realize you see your position and what do you do you say, well, I going not understand everything, but you say, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead and I take him as my Lord right now. At that moment, uh, you know, if you, when you have the privilege of praying with people to receive Jesus, it's one of the greatest joys of life. And I was just telling a girl at the hotel uh, this last week, her ministering to her, I was telling her, I said, you know, I, I can't think of one person that I have prayed with to receive Christ that has not had this reaction and that is, you're praying and they seem like really kind of like hunched over a little bit. If you could see them spiritually, they're just like, oh, like this and they're praying and they may pray louder or softer, but they're praying. Man, as soon as they say, and I take Jesus as my Lord, their voice changes, their face changes. It's like they have a light about them and they'll say this, it seems like a heavy weight just lifted off of me. I said, yeah, you've just been born again. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Hallelujah. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached, so you can hear the word preached, did not profit them not being mixed with faith or they weren't united to that word by faith. So my working definition for this series is faith is doing what you hear God say or doing the revelation that God reveals to you, what he shows you. That's called an act of faith. Do you know the second that you have light that comes from God, faith is present? And you can, and not only can you, but you should act. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. All right, I'm going to read you a couple other translations here. Uh, because this is a paraphrase translation, it's going to—I'm going to read from uh, probably verse one through four here. This is a uh, Clarence Jordan translation. Therefore, it should really frighten us to realize that, like them, we are given an opportunity to enter his promised land with the same possibility also that some of us might flub the dub. I don't know what that is. It's like a (laughs) southern translation. (laughs) Flub the dub. I was reading that and getting ready for this message, and I thought, I have no idea what flub the dub is, but I know it's not good. (laughs) For we have had the good news that God has a kingdom prepared for his people to fall on our ears as the the same as they. The reason it didn't do them one bit of good was because their hearing and their behavior didn't connect. Mm -hmm. For only those, excuse me, only they who act on their convictions enter the Sabbath or enter the rest. You know, it goes on to say, he that believes has entered into rest. He ceased from his labors. Let us labor to enter into rest. It's a lot of work to rest, to enter into rest, rather. It's a lot of work to enter into rest. But he said that's our job is to labor to enter into rest. What is that? Well, it is the rest that we rest in the completed work that God has done through Jesus Christ. You know, he's talking about the Hebrew children entering into the promised land which is like an example or a type or a shadow of being born again and filled with the Spirit. The fullness of the plan of God for mankind. So he said, let us labor to enter into that rest. You know, uh, Isaiah twenty-eleven actually talks, it says, with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to this people? This is the rest, this is the refreshing. Uh, and my favorite part of that verse currently is, yet they would not hear. You ever have like, a, you're kind of like, man, I really need some rest, and, but I got this, 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 and you kind of have a prompting on the inside. Why don't you pray in the spirit? And you think, well, I don't really have time to pray in the spirit, or I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. You know, this is the rest, this is the refreshing, yet they wouldn't hear it. <laughs> Your flesh does not want to hear that. I can tell you that right now, because I have flesh too. <laughs> But I let my spirit dominate my flesh. Hallelujah. It's amazing that you can just take five minutes and you pray out of your spirit with your tongue yielded to the Lord and he gives you utterance and you pray in other tongues. Oh, it's like you can, the room, the atmosphere in the room will all of a sudden fill and you're like, oh, I didn't feel strong before, but I feel strong now. Well, I mean, you get your tongue hooked up with your spirit. Uh, You get your tongue hooked up with a lot of things. You get your tongue hooked up with the information like the weather today or the latest news article or did you hear this or did you hear that? But you get your tongue hooked up with the word of God. Man, you're speaking words that are life themselves. And you begin speaking those words and you believe those things that you speak, you can school yourself into faith. What does that mean? Well, you find some words that don't mean a whole hill of beans to you, you think, like, there's not a lot of life in those words to me. It doesn't seem real to me. You just begin meditating on those. You begin speaking those and see what happens. You just keep saying it. I mean, there's testimony after testimony after testimony. Somebody said, Well, I, I don't feel like that's the case. Well, you just thank the Lord every day that you are healed. Well, yeah, but I don't feel healed. That, it doesn't matter. You just keep saying it. You just keep saying it. That by his stripes, I am healed. Amen. By his stripes, I was healed. You just keep saying, well, it doesn't feel like it, Pastor. It doesn't feel like, it. that's okay. It doesn't have to feel like it. You just keep saying it. Well, then what happens? You know, one day, what was it? Lillian Yeomans did this. She had a healing home. You know, she was a medical doctor first, and then the Lord healed her of drug addiction and disease, and she was like, uh, she gave up medical practice to practice uh, with the holy physician. Well, she had a lady come to her home, and, I think it was that actual scripture, First uh, Peter 2, 24. And that woman came and she was living upstairs and she said, yeah, but it doesn't mean anything to me. She said, that's fine, just keep saying it, just keep saying it. So one morning she was down having breakfast and uh, she's like, it still doesn't mean anything to me whatsoever. She said, that's okay, just keep saying it, are you saying it? Yeah, I'm saying it, tell me what you're saying. So she said what she's saying. And, and, and how many times are you saying it? Oh, I'm saying all these times. So she went back upstairs, she gets upstairs, all of a sudden they're downstairs cleaning up from uh, breakfast or lunch. And they hear, whoa, whoa. And that woman came out and she said, You know what? I was healed by his stripes. <laughs> and she came jumping and running, and sure enough, it showed up in her body. <laughs> you can school yourself into faith. In other words, you say, But yeah, but it doesn't. Well, uh, you know, the thing for me, I think the danger is that you just um, want to pretend like it means something to you, but it doesn't. Because you want people to, like, uh, look at the mighty faith that you have. Amen. Well, that's Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. That's right. So if you directed people towards you, Amen. you already missed it. Amen. So uh, you receive from God when you come openly, humbly, and honestly. Mm-hmm. And you say, Lord, this is where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But I know where you're at. Yes. And I know that you are a good God. Psalm 119. Says that God is good and all of his ways are good. God is good. Every part of God is good. Every part of God's word, the part you understand and the part you don't understand, is good. Paul told Timothy actually, the word of God is profitable. In other words, it will bring increase. In every area of our life, God is a good God. And he has good plans, not evil plans. He's not trying to get us. He's not trying to hurt us. He's not trying to say like, oh, let me see what they're going to do with this. Uh, I'm going to give them this big old test. James, you know, James chapter one talks about that. Talks about when you're tempted, let no man say that he is tempted of God. The devil brings all kind of temptations and tests and trials. Actually, Jesus said the parable of the sower. You know the parable of the sower? He said, this is the parable that defines all parables. Parable of the sower. And what did he say happens after the word is sown? Then the enemy comes and he exerts pressure and tries to steal the word that was sown. Mm -hmm. That's the devil, that's not God. If you look on the inside, he is leading you and guiding you every step of the way. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, or the light of the Lord, or the development of the Lord. In other words, our spirits, your spirit, my spirit, is how the Lord will reveal and lead and guide me, and you, through my spirit. So not through my mind, not through my intellect, and not through my body. Wouldn't it be great sometimes? You get like in turmoil or whatever. It wouldn't be great because God is good and his ways are best. And I esteem his word above everything else to be true and I hate every false way. Psalm 130, uh, 119, verse 128. But your flesh like things like it'd be great if he would just like okay now you go here now you go here now you go here there's no trust in that there is no faith in that brother higgins said if it ever dawns on you what god is saying in his word concerning faith you've got it made why cuz all things are possible to him that believes all things are possible to him that believes All things are possible to him that believes. How do you believe? You hear from God. And so in Christianity, we have a relationship with God himself through his son, Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, God speaks. He is the God that speaks. He's not mute. He speaks. And so... um, you should be hearing from God every day. If you read 1 Corinthians thirteen four through eight and yield to the spirit of the Lord, you would hear from God every day. That's the great love chapter. I pretty much guarantee you if, you're, if you come openly, humbly, honestly, and hungry, you're reading those scriptures, the Lord will speak to you. You can read them right after church. Love is patient, love is kind. And you look at that, and you'll be like, whoo. <coughs> you might be, I have different times. I'm like, okay, I think I'm doing okay in that. And then all of a sudden, whoa, like, hits you upside the head like the next verse. You're like, oh. <laughs> uh, there could be a little growth there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: but, but God is speaking. It's are we listening? Yeah. 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 Remember Samuel? The young boy, we use that scripture right at the beginning. You know, and he's like, are you calling me, Eli? Are you calling me? He said no. Three times. And the third time he said, hmm, maybe it's the Lord. <laughs> how many times have we done that? Well, maybe that was the Lord. I just thought of this friend I haven't thought of for 25 years. That's strange that I thought of them. wonder how they're doing. But you know what? Um, He said to Samuel, he said, go back to bed. And when the voice speaks again, say, your servant's listening. He said, don't get full of contention. Don't try to make it happen. He said, you go back to a place of rest. And when the Lord speaks, you respond. You say, Lord, I'm listening. What do you want me to do? Remember Mary, what Mary told Jesus, the first miracle recorded at the wedding feast. You know, they're like, "Ah, oh, what, what happened? Everybody's full of, uh, of worry, anxiety. Oh, we're running out of wine. We're running out of wine. There's no more wine. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? There's no wine. So they're like, uh, talk to Mary. And Mary said, whatever he says to you, do that. Why? there's power in the words of Christ. When you act on what he says, miracles happen. When you act on what he says, that is supernatural. So whatever he tells you, do it. You know, my uh, grandmother, my father's side, uh, passed away a few years ago. And... um, She had been in the hospital before, had some heart troubles and stuff like that, and I was not able to get down to the hospital. And she went to the hospital about, uh, I guess it was the day, well, she went in a couple days before, but we went down to see her the day before she went to heaven. And uh, I knew in my heart, you you need to go see her. So we went to see her. Oh, it was wonderful. Different times, my grandmother would kind of be worried, different things. There was not a worry on her. She was so full of peace. And we spent, what, a couple hours with her or something like that in the hospital. And um, Melody hadn't got to see my grandmother kind of the way I remembered her growing up. I said, that's exactly how I remember Grandma. Yeah, she was teasing me and just laughing and having a good time. And so we left. And as I walked out, I thought, I didn't think it actually. It came up in my spirit. That's the last time I'll ever see her on the earth. I walked out. Went home, my brother called about 2 or 3 in the morning and said, well, Grandma's going into cardiac arrest. And so I told my wife, and she's like, let's pray. She said, what did you pray? Do you remember? What did you say? She said something like, we're not going to let Grandma die. We just <laughs> command life into her body and all stuff. Well, I went to pray. Well, So I do the same thing I always do when I go to pray. I, I have, uh, Brother Hang would call it putting out your spiritual antenna. So I'm kind of looking to the Lord from the inside. My grandmother was in her 80s, you know. And uh, so I put my spiritual antenna up. And on the inside, I had, she's already in heaven. She's gone. And so I couldn't pray. Now, from my head, I could. And from my emotions, like as a family member, I wanted to pray. Like, Grandma, you come. But I knew that I'd be praying on my own without the spirit of God. So it would not be an act of faith. So I said that to her. And she said, how come you're not praying like that? And I said, "Well, I, I checked in my spirit, and it seems like uh, she's already there." And what'd you say? I know who she is. I she's like, be. "Yeah." She said in tears, "She's like, I know who she is. I just didn't want her to die right now." <laughs> and I said, "That's wonderful." But you have to act in faith. You have to act trusting God. So one of the reasons I I love this series is because you really can't separate walking by faith. From being led by the Spirit of God. You're not gonna walk by faith if the Spirit of God doesn't reveal the Word of God to you, make it real to you. You understand what I'm saying? He makes it real. Let me read this other thing and then we'll finish. One translation says, for good news has also been proclaimed to us just as it was to them. But the message they heard didn't do them any good because those who heard it did not combine it with trust. So you hear the word of God all along and not combine it with trust all day long. I mean, the demons even believe and tremble, but they don't combine it with Trust. Jack Hayford said, the mere hearing of the gospel is not enough, it must also be believed. And then uh, another person said, it did not profit them, they derived no advantage from it. They rejected and despised it and were therefore excluded from the promised land. It exerted no influence over their hearts and their lives, and they lived and died as though no such promise had been made. Lived and died as though no such promise had been made. You know, actually, if you look over in the Old Testament, it says that they gave an evil report of unbelief. calls unbelief an evil report. But it's real easy to believe God. You just hear him speak, and you say, okay, I believe that. I receive that. And you act on it. So faith is one of the most uh, acting in faith, living in faith, If you're under a lot of pressure, you feel like this is really hard, this is really difficult, you are not living by faith. Living by faith is so simple and so freeing that you think this is so great. How could it be this easy? Why? Because it's believing God, not yourself. It's believing what he said above your circumstances. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I am moved only by what I believe, and I believe God. Abraham believed according to that which was spoken. Realize, Abraham didn't have the written. God spoke to him, said the father of many nations, have I made you. Well, if he's living by the natural, he's saying like, God is crazy. (laughs) Because obviously I have no children. But he didn't judge according to that which was seen. He judged according to the unseen, to the real. And what happened? A father of many nations, he has been made. And when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you actually become part of that group of nations. It's not a Jew that's one outwardly, actually inwardly. Praise the Lord, stand with me if you would. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never become part of the family of God, God loves you and has a plan for your life. And there is such freedom. Uh, you know, when I came to Jesus, somebody said, the burden of my sin rolled away. Doesn't matter what you've done. You may think, well pastor, you have no idea what I've done. Well, you pastor for a while, you find out a lot of things, but it really doesn't matter what you've done how far you've strayed, how much you're judging yourself according to the flesh anyhow. God looks at you according to your spirit and he has made you right with himself. And he just says, you know what? I want you to partake of who I am, my very life, my very nature, the peace that your mind can't even comprehend. And the only way to do that is through my son Jesus Christ to receive my son. As many as received Jesus to those he gave the right to be the children of God. If you're here this morning, you'd like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to slip up your hand so I can pray with you and for you. Don't wait another second. You don't even know when your last breath will be. God has a plan for your life. He has good things for you. There are good things in store and you access those things by trusting him. If you'd like to trust him for the first time this morning, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Secondly, if you're here this morning and um, you've been living for the Lord, but you let a lot of other things creep in and you feel like you're so far from the Lord, uh, you know, the Bible calls it a backslidden state. If that's you this morning, you know what? The devil is a liar. You feel so far, you're actually not. But in an instant of time, you'll be right back, right with God, conscious of your standing with him, that you are favored of him. If you'd like to come back to the Lord this morning and slip up your hand, I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. And hallelujah. And thirdly, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, there is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit where you receive the Holy Spirit in his fullness. If you'd like to be baptized in the Spirit this morning, I want to invite you to lift your hands. I'll pray with you and for you. As Dave sings, if you lift your hand for any of those or you know that you should have, I just invite you to come down here right now so we can pray with you and for you.
1: Every breath That I am I will sing Of the goodness Of God Your goodness Is running after It's running after me Your goodness Is running after It's running after me My life laid down now I give you everything Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Your goodness is running after, it's running after me Laid down, surrendered. Now I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, keeps running after me.